Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. For this edition, we're highlighting critical race theory and how Christian parents should make it a priority to disciple their children, especially in today's cancel culture. Broadcaster Stacy Washington addressed those topics during the Illinois Family Institute's 2021 Worldview Conference at Revive Church in Collinsville. Ms. Washington is the host of Stacy on the Right on Sirius XM Patriot Channel 125. She's also the co-chair of Project 21, which promotes the views of conservative black Americans. Here's Stacy Washington with the Trojan horse of critical race theory. Whose job is it to indoctrinate the children of America? Whose job is it to indoctrinate America's children? So keep that in your mind. And I want to give you a quote now uh, by late Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia. He said, if I have brought any message today, it is this, have the courage to have your wisdom regarded as stupidity. Be fools for Christ and have the courage to suffer the contempt of the sophisticated world. At no time has that ever been more true than now, even though he made that speech uh, probably 15 or 20 years ago. So let's talk about the Trojan horse. Who doesn't know the story of the Trojan horse? You have the Greeks, they want to conquer Troy, but it has a walled city, it's fortified. They know they can't take it. So they make these beautiful people (laughs) a gift of a huge wooden horse. They roll it into their city within the walls. But inside, quietly, are warriors hidden inside the horse. So in the evening, when the city goes dark and the walls are shut tightly and everything is safe, these warriors climb out of the horse, open the gates, and allow the army to enter, and the city of Troy falls. So critical race theory, under the guise of its previous names, is that Trojan horse because it comes as a gift. It's supposed to teach children and adults about their privilege. It's supposed to tear down the walls that exist between us because of race. And it's supposed to make everyone get along better. That's the way they package it. That's the way they sell it to administrators who then sell it to teachers who then sell it to parents. And unbeknownst to those parents, the teachers have already been selling it to their children. Is it gift? Or is it something that will climb out and spread inside of our school systems and open the gates for destruction of our children's innocence and our way of life? I think that's exactly what it is. So think about the experiment that is America. This is the only nation on the planet where you can show up from any other nation speaking any other language, and all you have to do is enter lawfully, learn our constitution, take a small test, and swear fealty to our flag, and then you become an American. I grew up in Germany, and in Germany, if you live there but you're from another country and you're living there permanently and paying taxes to Germany, you're actually a third country national or an expat. At no point, even if you gain German citizenship, do you actually become a German. 
because being a German is actually it's a people group, it's your ancestry. <laughs> it's what we would call an ethnicity here, but obviously you can't just become a German. You can speak German, you can live there your whole life, but you're never a German. You just have citizenship there and you pay taxes and you're an expat. In America, we don't call people who live here, even illegally, we don't call them third country nationals. At some point, they become Americans. They have green cards, they have lawful permanent status, temporary permanent status. I mean, we, we have lots of different names for it, but you're never from a third country living in our country. So in a country like that, in a place like that, where you can become an American as opposed to just living here and paying taxes, you would think that unity would come easy to us. And it used to. But now that everything is seen through the lens of this or this, we don't have that unity. So I wonder why would American leftists want to destroy that bond? Because a house divided against itself cannot stand. If Americans are divided against themselves, we can be destroyed from within or without. In fact, it's much more likely that we will be destroyed from within because of our strong national defense, our First Amendment, our Second Amendment, and so many other things that God placed here for us to protect us from outside invaders. So what is CRT? It's actually rooted in Marxist theory. See, Karl Marx believed that class conflict was the way to break down a society and usher in socialism and the paradigm that he felt would lead to a utopia. His solution to the imbalance of power between the workers and the people who provide the jobs and the, the royals and individuals who had a lot of wealth was to introduce class conflict. His solution was actually revolution. He thought that if he made workers aware of their plight, they would seize the means of production, overthrow the capitalist class, and usher in this new socialist society. So during the 20th century, we had many socialist governments in the Soviet Union, China, Cambodia, Cuba, and elsewhere rack up a body count of hundreds of millions of people who were killed because wherever you implement socialism, you have starvation, degradation, poverty, and then you have to punish the people who are noticing how horrible socialism is. You have to wipe them away. You have to stop them from talking about the times when there were plenty. You have to shut them up. And so you have brutality. In fact, wherever socialism is implemented, you have the unleashed brutality of man on full display. And it's something that we in America never thought we would ever have to face. I mean, why would a capitalist country founded on Judeo-Christian principles with, we're in the land of milk and honey, we have the utmost in prosperity and opportunity here, why would we ever be susceptible to that? So fast forward from Karl Marx's day to today, where you have everyone suddenly becoming aware of something called critical race theory. They're learning about it from their kids who are coming home and saying, I don't want my privilege anymore. Or why are you and dad and our, my grandparents racist? The parents are feeling a little confused because they thought they were gonna be talking about reading, writing, math, social studies, you know, civics, whatever has to do with education. And instead their children are coming home talking about race, 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 race. So while the kids are getting their first dose, our troops on active duty, instead of getting diversity training, which is what I received when I was on active duty, but that was 20 years ago, now they're getting critical race theory. Someone has to be to blame for the poverty and degradation we see in the inner cities of America. And it's not Democrats who rule those cities uninterrupted for decade upon decade. It has to be some white guy. It has to be some old white guy that's 
magically controlling everything from way off in the distance, and we just can't seem to overcome him, even though we live in America, where we've been taught, if you were raised in church, that God is sovereign, he is the ultimate authority, and if there's anything wrong in your life, you look within, you repent, you turn away from it, and wow, look how things improve when you ask the Lord to help you. We all know this, but that's not what they want our children to know. So we have the troops getting subjected to that. And now we even have at Coca-Cola and other major companies the same indoctrination being leveled at employees. People who've worked together for 10, 15, 20 years side by side, never caring that one was white or black or Hispanic or anything else, are now being told to suddenly look at their coworker and say, you have privilege because you live in a different part of town than I do. Or you're a victim because you're black, even though you may live three minutes away from me in the suburbs in a very nice neighborhood and you're doing well for yourself. This is what we're meant to do, is to look at each other and either blame or see a victim. So if you resist this, if you say, no, this is my coworker, our children are in the same school, then you're a racist. How dare you stand up against this indoctrination? How dare you express your own opinion? How dare you access the First Amendment with your own little mouth? Sit down, racist, or you'll be fired. You're going to be shut down. We're going to find out everything about you, and we're going to cancel you. So that's the Trojan horse of CRT. It goes by other names, diversity training. It moved then into diversity and inclusion, landing on diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is what they call it now. You'll see the acronym DEI. They'll have that in parentheses behind whatever they're calling it at your kid's school district, because they really don't want you to associate what they're doing with the overarching umbrella of CRT. Now, let's look back just a hair more, because it's already embedded. It's been there since the 90s. But in the 2000s, they moved from the quiet little groups that would meet on teacher in-service days. They moved into a real push for white teachers to have what was then called courageous conversations. I remember this because in 2005, our daughter was uh, going into kindergarten. And the first day of school, when I went to drop her off, we walk into the building, and there on the front table says, Diversity committee, looking for members. And I was like, well, I'm going on that. There's no way I'm not going to. I think they're going to want a gender-free bathrooms and stuff in my daughter's school, and that ain't happening. So I went right on the committee and had a really good time on there, actually. It was funny because it was mostly black moms like me, and we wanted to have discussions about test scores. <laughs> Why are the test scores for the suburban black kids lower than the suburban white kids? We never had problems testing. What's the issue? They wanted to talk about inclusion. So we kind of took it over and did some amazing things. Really had a good time there. Now, there were a couple of occasions where I was told, oh, we're having courageous conversations. And as someone who volunteers in the district, you might want to come and join in on this. It's really great. And I said, what will we be doing? And well, we're going to talk. And people will share stories from their lives where they think they might have engaged in racism, even unbeknownst to themselves. And others will share racist experiences that they've had and we'll come together around those experiences. And you know, I want to warn you, sometimes it gets emotional and people cry. And I said, I don't have time for that. And he was like, well, you, don't you want to engage with the teachers? I said, I do. I want to engage with them on the Curriculum and Instruction Committee, the Strategic Planning Committee. And then as a board member, when I was appointed to a seat on the board and then lost my election, kind of became a Tea Party nut, and then was elected to that school board, I wasn't interested in sitting around crying and telling white people, you're a racist, when I didn't even know them. These are people that I literally had never met before. So I didn't go, but I did learn about it. He gave me a folder 
with little handouts in it, and I read all of them, and I thought, this is just lies from the pit of hell. I'll never go to this meeting. So this Courageous Conversation movement has been basically a, a new current example of what used to be called struggle sessions. Back when the communists were converting different nations from whatever they were into communism, they'd have struggle sessions where they got together groups of people and they would air their grievances and then they would struggle against each other. And that is a way to introduce division. People begin to notice the differences between themselves instead of uniting around the unity that we all have. And that kind of atmosphere foments anger, rage, and what is necessary to want to have a revolution. So we're doing the same thing here in America, only we don't need a revolution. The kind of prosperity and blessing that we have here in America should preclude that, but not when Satan is involved. Yeah, I said Satan. Who's, who's got something to say about it? I said Satan. Okay. Okay. So teachers have been subjected to these things, and I see it as a form of punishment. You have black teachers who are encouraged to berate white teachers and say, I don't feel safe around you. I don't feel safe around you. And they repeat that for a minute and a half, two minutes. The white teachers then cry and apologize, but they've never done anything to them. So it's just an exercise in creating more of that atmosphere of hatred. This entire movement has moved from administrators, teaching staff, and now it's your children. Now they're teaching the children how to be activists. Now they're teaching the children that they are either oppressors with privilege or victims who need to stand up to the oppressors. And this is damaging and it's completely ungodly. Now I asked you before, whose job is it to indoctrinate America's children? Does anybody want to answer? Yes, okay, so it's the parents. <laughs> so what we do is we raise our kids up and send them to school and we think, well, I'm in the good school district, you know, they're going to church. They're in youth group, and all day at school, which is a nine-hour day, but only four to four and a half hours of that day are actual instruction, they're left with teachers who have been indoctrinated into this Marxist theory. So we've turned over the proper right commandment from God to teach our children the way that they should live, and the way means the way, which is Jesus Christ. We are to teach them in the way, but instead, we take them to church a couple of times a week, but we leave the bulk of their day every day for 188 contact days a year in the state of Missouri, probably a similar number for Illinois and across the country. We leave that to other people. Now, I'm not against you putting your child in a school. Our children went to public school and then Christian school, uh, kind of a, we just moved on after I was on school board and I saw the totality of what they, the control that they had. And then later, our oldest daughter decided to homeschool herself through her senior year. I told her I wouldn't call to homeschool, but she went for it anyway and did great. And so, you know, I'm not against you dropping your kids off at school. This isn't about, you know, what choice you've made. It's about whether or not you're doing your job at home. So Mark 4, 24 through 25 says, Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. So if you have the mind of Christ and you're already a Christian, but you're not training that to your children, it will be taken from them because you're not giving it to them. Christianity is an active type of a thing. It's not a passive thing that we just pass on in the blood, like, you know, different things that we pass on to our kids unbeknownst to ourselves. Like for me, I passed on an almond allergy that I didn't even know I had until my daughter popped up with it. Well, I passed that on to her without doing anything. To pass 
the Christian worldview, to pass the biblical worldview, to pass the love of Jesus Christ, which surpasses all knowledge, to pass on the idea that she is created in the image of God and she was born for a purpose and that when she leaves my home, God has expectations for her and that she's going to go do something, I don't know what, for Christ, I have to pass that on to her. And it's an active activity. So it's our job to teach our children how to be worthy, worthy of the calling upon their life that is Jesus Christ. So how do we put the armor on our kids? Well, it's a daily effort. It's every time we memorize scripture together. It's every time we're walking or talking or getting up in the morning. That's what God's word says. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. So every minute in the minivan, every minute where you're cooking together, if we don't tell them, they will not know. And their teachers aren't going to tell them because they want your kids dressed like that. They want your kids to think like that because that's how Planned Parenthood gets their mandate of three to six abortions for every woman of childbearing years between the ages that they're, you know, out in the world living. And, and Planned Parenthood says it's open season when they turn 11. They want to start getting that into your kids. And that's why they have the SECAS programming that is already embedded in K-12 through education in America. That's what's going on. And we are kind of sitting back and we're watching our TikTok videos, you know, we're getting, getting, getting a little bit of laughter going on, and that's fine. I mean, be entertained, but after you've indoctrinated your kids. Stacy Washington during the Illinois Family Institute's 2021 Worldview Conference at Revive Church in Collinsville. Her comments on discipling our children and being courageous Christians after this. Do you know that the time your children spend in school for one year is as much time as they will spend in church in over five years? Why would we want our children to be in a school that denies God and His truth? Christian Liberty Academy was founded in 1968 to provide a place that would affirm and strengthen what our children learn at home and in their churches. We have a great location in Arlington Heights, outstanding faculty and facilities, a strong biblical worldview emphasis, and an affordable tuition price compared to similar schools. We provide a comprehensive and accredited curriculum that will prepare your child for college and beyond. From preschool all the way through 12th grade, discover the positive difference that Christian Liberty Academy can make in their education and life. Schedule a personal tour today and get more information at ChristianLibertyAcademy.com or call 847 385 2013. It's an evening you don't want to miss. The Illinois Family Institute's Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet with the Reverend Dr. Erwin Lutzer Friday night, October 29th at the Carlisle in Lombard. To register, click events at IllinoisFamily.org. We're going to be giving some solutions and some hope in the midst of a culture that clearly has lost its way. Dr. Lutzer is Pastor Emeritus of Moody Church, a Christian broadcasting legend and the author of We Will Not Be Silenced. God has led us to this moment. He's given us resources to move forward. The church should not be shamed into silence. Dr. Erwin Lutzer and the Illinois Family Institute's Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet. Limited seating, call now. 708-781-9328 or click events at IllinoisFamily.org IllinoisFamily.org
According to the U.S. Department of Education, since the start of the pandemic, more than a million and a half students have left traditional public schooling. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Many parents have realized for the first time that their students are simply not learning what they thought that they were learning. As one former college professor has noted, if you haven't been in education in the past three years, it's almost unrecognizable to what you experienced growing up. All of this has led to incredible growth in the number of homeschooling families and record enrollments for virtually every Christian school that I know of. Part of the Colson Center's calling as a worldview-equipping institution is to serve Christian educators by equipping them to think and teach from a Christian worldview. And so we invite you to partner with us as we serve Christian education in this strategic moment. To learn more about this work in Christian education and to support it, please visit breakpoint.org September. I'm John Stone Street. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight for this edition. We're featuring remarks made by conservative broadcaster Stacy Washington during the IFI 2021 Worldview Conference at Revive Church in Collinsville. She'll remind us in this segment that Almighty God is more powerful than the cancel culture, and she encourages parents to make it a priority to disciple their children in the way they should go. So a recent survey by the Cato Institute showed that 62% of Americans are, are they're afraid to share their political views. God has not given you a spirit of fear. The survey contained another startling revelation. 50% of Democrats told a survey person without any embarrassment at all that if they found out a coworker or someone that worked for them had voted for President Trump, they think that person should be fired. Now, Democrats wouldn't be so bold if we put on the full armor of God and actually acted like who we are. We are a royal priesthood clothed in white, made right with the Father through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. We are his co-heirs. We are clothed in him under the shelter of God's wings and anointed for this good work. We are conquerors. We are not weak. We are not afraid. We are not canceled. If you're saved, if you know Jesus Christ, you are eternally cancel-proof. You can't be canceled. So, you know, if they're coming for your job, Father, in the name of Jesus, I am your child, and you protect me. You are in control of what I do for a living and how much money I make. You are sovereign. If they come for this job, I know you have another one for me. If they come for this house, for this whatever, you have something else for me. He is in control, not Democrats, Republicans, you know, and I'm Stacy on the right, so, I mean, let's put this in context. But I am, before that, I am a child of the king. I cannot be canceled because I know where I'm going when this is over, and they can't take that from me. No man can snatch you from the hand of your father. Your name is written on his hand. He numbers your tears. He numbers the hairs on your head. Anybody that's that interested in you, who also made the sun and the moon and the stars and everything that we see, he's the author of science. He's the finisher of this entire world. When you look at a peony and see the beauty of that flower, you're looking into the creation of the hand of God. He is right now creating other galaxies too many for us to number, and he is unconstrained by time. He is in all dimensions, even the ones we cannot access right now because we're not on the other side. Someone that is like that, who's on my side, who calls himself my helper, the word of God says he is our helper. He will not allow us to fall, that he will give us hind's feet so that we can climb up sheer face rock. Anybody who says that about me, 
cannot let me be canceled. So I can't be canceled. So if we adults know that Democrats want to fire us if we voted for Trump, then we know our teenagers know that. We know this because our kids hear us. They hear every word that we say. So they are feeling suppressed by the sheer weight of the dissent. And it's our responsibility to ensure that they are being educated in an environment where they don't feel like they're in the minority and that they cannot survive. So that's up to you. You decide where they're going to go, but you make sure, I mean, you wouldn't allow your child to play at a playground where every time they went there to get on the swings, there was a bully there who was kicking them around. You wouldn't stand by and say, well, that's where my taxpayer dollars go for that, that playground, so not much I can do about it. Or I don't have time to be on you know, playground guard. No, you'd be like, we're never coming here again. Or you'd go grab that kid and say, where's your parent? You wouldn't allow it. So why are we allowing it in schools? Most American public high schools are liberal indoctrination centers. And knowing this has propelled millions of parents to remove their kids out of public education. But we still have to fund the lunacy. You have the Democrats running amok. They oppose school choice. And so if you have knowledge, it's your responsibility to impart it to your kids. And it's also your responsibility to start showing up to these school board meetings in the same numbers that we showed up for Trump. One thing that I love was those beautiful rallies, but one thing that I hate is that we can't seem to get that same kind of participation at school board meetings. Everywhere where people have shown up with 150 of their friends to a school board meeting, they have replaced school boards, they have removed mask mandates, they have done amazing things. But you have to get your friends and show up. You can't just show up by yourself. And it can't just be the moms. The dads need to show up with those deep, booming voices and say, you know what, not today, school board, not today. You're not doing this to my kids. So you can't turn your kids over to the school district to do your job. God commanded you to raise them up in the way. And if you don't do it, the result will be what we're seeing across the country, kids indoctrinated. If you do it, God is on your side and he is going to supercharge those kids and they will be wise beyond their years. They'll even be rebuking you when you're out of control. They will, because my kids do it to me all the time. Uh, they'll be like, mom, what did you say? I'm like, ooh. Man, you just checked me so hard right there. Psalm 78, 4 says, you will not hide them from your children, but will declare to the next generation the praises of the Lord and his might and the wonders he has performed. So you're teaching them from the moment they're born. You're memorizing scripture. You're having them read extra things outside of what their school is assigning them. They're maybe not doing as many sports, right? We, we kind of worship sports. We have what's called a stadium experience. I, I, I kind of realized that this was a thing. Um, one Sunday we were driving to church and I noticed that the, there's these new soccer fields, which now they're about 10 years old, but at the time they were new. And on Sundays they're packed to the gills with parents and their kids are playing soccer. And I remember the same experience. When our kids are playing soccer, their coach would say, we need to know that our team is first. And so that means that if we have a game at 9 a.m. on Sunday, we want you to be here. You can't not be here, especially if you're a starter. So if you say, well, coach, we go to church on Sundays, then they start trying to negotiate with you. And if you say, no, we're, we go to church on Sundays, then they just like, okay. But if you didn't, if you're not firm, they'll convince you that you need to be at the, the, the field on Sunday. And then, so I grew up in Germany, no baseball stadiums there. Um, and so one of my first experiences in a stadium was here, the old Bush Stadium. And we, we went to the game, we were sitting in regular seats, and it's time for the national anthem and we all stand up and you could feel the wave of emotion just roll across that space as we sang the national anthem. 
All the people singing in unison, unified purpose, unified mind, emotionally trained on one thing, which is love of America, patriotism, you know, and we're about to eat hot dogs and watch a baseball game. So I'm, I'm thinking, if people are here, but they're not in church, they're missing out on that unified purpose, that unified praise and worship. You can get that same experience in a stadium, but you don't get anything back. There's nothing wrong with it, but if that's all you're getting, then you don't even understand that you're supposed to be giving that worship and adoration to your father on a regular basis. Praise and worship at home is a part of how we fight our battles. And if we're not doing that, then we don't have that connection. And we don't really feel like God is real. That's why so many Christians don't feel like, I don't know if he's real, I don't know. Yes, he's real. But when, I mean, just imagine, for those of you who are married or if you have a best friend, imagine if you only talk to your spouse on Sundays and Wednesdays. Hour and a half on Sunday, two hours on Wednesday. What kind of marriage would you have? So we're the body of Christ, we are the church, we are married to him. But we are talking to him twice a week? No wonder we don't have a good relationship. No wonder CRT is now rising up. It's the devil's handmaiden rising up within us. The Jezebel spirit is now in the White House, now all over our nation, all over our children. Why? Because we don't have a real relationship. We are supposed to be the salt and light. People are supposed to know that we serve the Father and that we are different. They're supposed to see us and almost be jealous. What is that? What is it? Can, tell me what it is. And then we tell them, and they're like, oh, that doesn't even sound that hard. All I have to do is give my, give my life to Christ? <laughs> I'll try it. I, I need something. I need something. We're supposed to be telling them. We tell them where the buffet is and how to get in. That's what we're supposed to do. So the armor, that's our job to put it on them. That is what we're supposed to do is pass our birthright as children of the king onto our children so that no matter what they come up with, because they'll keep coming up with stuff. If we vanquish CRT, which I believe we can do, they will come up with something else to try to teach our children to worship their skin, prosperity, government. They'll try to teach them that because that is their way. They serve their father, which is the enemy. We serve our father, and we know the end of this story. If you haven't read or listened to Revelation on CD, do it today. Doesn't take long. Get you a CD, listen to Revelation, and get an understanding of what is really going on right now. What's going on in the Middle East? What's going on in the halls of the church houses here in this country where the churches are being winnowed out? It's time, my friends, to trim the wicks to prepare for the coming of the Lord. He is coming on the clouds with fire. His robes will be bathed in blood, and he is coming for his church. And those who are ready, whose wicks are trimmed, who are dressed in their spotless gowns, will be allowed into the wedding feast, and we will feast, and the rest of this world will experience tremors and terrors and the tribulation. And we will not be here, because we will have been found ready and waiting for the king when he comes for us. That is your mission. You were meant to hear this message, and you were meant to get your wick trimmed. Become ready for the Father, because he will be here, and we want to go with him. We want our children to go. We want our husbands to go. We want every single person that we know not to feel as if they were slighted by us because we didn't tell them the truth. And the truth is that he is coming. So we are commanded to arm our children with truth, righteousness, the gospel, faith, salvation, and the sword of the Holy Spirit. So look around. Are your children armed? If not, it's not too late. Use every moment that they're still with you to do it. We may have failed at arming them 
for a time, but God is able to do so much greater than we dare ask or think according to the power that works in us. All we have to do is make our minds up that we're going to follow him and judiciously obey. Obedience brings the blessing. And the last thing I'll say, we have our last child graduating from high school, the last one. There's only three of them. And I'm so, it's like this real emotional roller coaster. And I keep asking myself if I've done what I was supposed to do. But God is gracious. He doesn't expect perfection from us. And success is not ours. We are commanded to obey his word and the success is his. The results are his. So you're not condemned. You're not sitting here thinking, oh man, you know, I kind of I messed this up. It's never too late to ask God to step into a situation and watch him work because he can do all things. He is unable to fail. He cannot fail you. It is impossible. It is not in his nature. And therefore, all we have to do is ask. So we ask that we would be equipped to vanquish critical race theory. But more than that, we ask that he would enable us through the power of his Holy Spirit, Father, please help us to be obedient to your word in indoctrinating our children and training them up in the way that they should go. And so I pray a blessing over these people. These are your people, and I ask you to bless them. I ask you to make them the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, known in the gates, give them favor with their superiors, their coworkers, and the, those who work under them, and that you would bless their families, that your blessings would run out behind them, chase them down and overtake them and run out before them, and that others in their lives would see those blessings and want to know what's going on and that they would be led to you, and that you would bring revival to this nation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Conservative broadcaster Stacy Washington during the Illinois Family Institute's 2021 Worldview Conference at Revive Church in Collinsville. Our thanks to Pastor Miles Holmes and other leaders at Revive for hosting this important event. Critical race theory, hardcore sex ed, COVID mandates, and failing educational outcomes. Just some of the reasons why more and more parents are exploring Christian alternatives to government schools for their children. If you're beginning that process or know someone who is or should be, go to IllinoisFamily.org and click Rescuing Our Precious Children. That's where there's valuable information about education options. A reminder, the IFI Faith, Family, and Freedom Banquet with the Reverend Dr. Erwin Lutzer is October 29th. It's an evening you don't want to miss. To attend, click events at IllinoisFamily.org or call IFI 708-781-9328. IllinoisFamily.org, click events or call 708-781-9328. Please support the work of IFI. All donations are tax deductible. And tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.